Pray with me, please. Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. Today, Jesus preaches in Luke chapter 4, today this scripture has been fulfilled. Today, he says. This was our scripture lesson two weeks ago. And perhaps all these years later, we, like those who first heard that sermon 2,000 years ago in Nazareth, perhaps we, two weeks ago, were cut to the quick by it. Perhaps we suddenly realized that today means today. That today we are called to help the poor and liberate those in bondage. That today we are called to sit with the sick and comfort those who mourn. If so, fantastic. For if so, we've truly heard Jesus' sermon. We've truly heard Jesus' words. We've truly grasped that today is not tomorrow in some heavenly, eternal, abstract sense of the term, but that today means today. If so, fantastic. But, and here is the all-important but, but, There is so much more to being a disciple than simply rolling up our sleeves and getting to work. There is so much more to being a disciple than simply hearing that today means today and responding accordingly. When we get to Luke chapter 5, to our gospel lesson for today, Simon Peter has already been following Jesus. The end of Luke chapter 4 makes that quite clear. After leaving the synagogue in Capernaum, verse 38 of chapter 4 says, Jesus entered Simon's house. Entered his house, the text says. They know one another. So it's not like Simon Peter is encountering Jesus for the very first time on this fateful day here in Luke chapter 5. No, he's already been following Jesus. He's already seen and heard and witnessed Jesus' teachings and healings and miracles and deeds. He's already been gripped by his message. That being said, something altogether new happens to Peter here in Luke chapter 5. Here on the calm waters of the Sea of Galilee. For whereas Peter has already decided that there is something to this guy. Something worth following. Even so, until now. Until this moment, he has not been brought face to face with just how special this Jesus really is and with what it will really mean 
to follow him. Now let us understand, Simon Peter is by vocation a fisherman, a professional. And on the morning in question, he and his partners have just anchored their boats after a full night fishing out on the sea. An enterprise in which their considerable efforts and their lifetime experience have combined to yield nary a fish. He's a pro. And then let us consider this too. We don't know what Peter had intended to do with his catch of fish had he indeed caught any that night. For again, Peter is already a disciple of Jesus. He's already been impressed by Jesus' message. So perhaps Peter was out that night trying to catch fish for the hungry, for the poor, the destitute, for the widows and the orphans. Who knows what Peter had in mind for the fish that he intended to catch that night? Most likely, he planned to take them to market, yes. But the point is, as someone who had already been persuaded by the message of Jesus, someone who already considered himself a follower, it's entirely conceivable that Peter had heard Jesus' words about the poor receiving good news and about the hungry being fed And that he decided that by golly, yes, today does mean today. And he's going to do something about it. We just don't know. But here's what we do know. We know that despite all of his talent and training as a fisherman, despite his best efforts and his considerable determination, Peter returned to shore that morning empty-handed. Which means that when Jesus instructed him to pull up anchor and head back out to sea, ultimately directing him to put down his nets in the exact same place he'd spent the night fishing, we can rest assured that Peter was no doubt quite annoyed by this suggestion. Now, sure, the text doesn't tell us this, but any fair reading will render it absolutely obvious. He was a pro. And he'd been out the entire night in this exact place doing this very thing. Well, what follows, therefore, comes to him as a huge surprise. For the very last thing that Simon Peter was thinking when he put down his nets again was, here comes a miracle. Very last thing that ever crossed his mind. Understand, dear family, it was not that he doubted Jesus as a leader. It's not that he doubted Jesus as a teacher. It was not that he doubted Jesus as a rabbi worth following. It was simply that he doubted Jesus as a fisherman. Which is another way of saying compelled by Jesus though he was. He still thought that what he had to offer to this enterprise was sufficient on its own. 
Which is why this moment in Luke chapter 5 is so pivotal. For here in Luke chapter 5, Peter is brought face to face with his own insufficiency. For here in Luke chapter 5, Peter is brought face to face with how reliant any Christian disciple ultimately is on the one whom he or she professes to follow. And so listen now to Peter's response about beholding this truth. With his boat suddenly teeming with fish, Peter exclaims, Go away from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. Not holy moly. Not how did you do that? Not man, this is going to make us a killing at the market. Not even man, do you know how many poor we can feed with this? No, none of that. No, instead his response is one of utter humility and abject deference. Go away from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. Dear family, it is no small thing to commit ourselves to the work of God's coming kingdom. It is no small thing to hear Jesus say today and perceive that today really does mean today. It is no small thing to act in this world in Jesus' name. Too many professing Christians do not. Too many of us think that it's sufficient to say a prayer and think that this somehow settles it. That so long as we've said our prayer and really meant it, whatever that means, And the pressing matters of today and the pressing problems of the current moment are somehow then rendered less significant. Too many of us are afflicted by that falsehood. And so hear me clearly. If we hear Jesus' today and realize that today really means today, and if we respond accordingly and try to make the world a better place in Jesus' name, then we have been delivered from a pernicious spiritual snare, from the besetting sin of spiritual complacency. But, and here again is that all-important but, but, if we hear Jesus' today and respond accordingly, That is, if we indeed roll up our sleeves and commit ourselves to making it more on earth as it is in heaven, to using our time and our talent and our experience toward making the world a better place in Jesus' name, if we indeed do this, but then fail to do it in the humility of knowing ourselves all the while ever insufficient to the task, If we endeavor to do all of this good and important work in the world, but then fail to do it in utter deference to the only one who is sufficient. If we engage in making the world a better place, but all the while fail to recognize how helpless we really are on our own to make such a difference, well, if so... 
then we have not yet fully understood our call as Christ's disciples. For until we recognize, truly behold and apprehend and understand our smallness in the grand scheme of things, and until we thereby exclaim with prophets like Moses and Isaiah, Who am I, O Lord? And until we have come face to face with our own insufficiency and have exclaimed with Peter and Paul, have mercy on me, O Lord, a sinner. Until we have reckoned with these realities about ourselves, we have not fully understood our human situation or properly marked the magnitude of God's gift to us of grace. Think with me. How humbling must that moment have been for Peter? Lifelong fisherman who just spent his entire night fishing in that very spot. For him to have returned from here empty-handed, but for his boat to now be teeming with fish? How small must he have felt in that moment? How powerless, how inadequate, how ineffectual. For he'd had nothing to do with this, he was forced to recognize. Yet here were more fish in one morning than he himself had caught probably all year. No matter how hard he'd worked toward this end, he was forced to realize his efforts alone had been insufficient. Such, dear family, is what encountering grace is. It's recognizing that despite our best intentions and our most dedicated efforts, we are insufficient to the task of kingdom living and kingdom building, but that the abundant love of God is lavished upon us anyway, empowering us to do far more than we could ever have imagined. Far more than we could ever have imagined. So yes, let us be the kinds of Christians who hear Jesus' sermon and realize that today means today. And let us therefore be the kinds of Christians who strive to make it ever more here on earth as it is in heaven. That is our call. But in so doing, let us also recognize that the good that we do for God's kingdom will never come about through our own efforts alone, no matter how gifted or talented or determined we may be. But that the good we do for God's coming kingdom will always come about through the transformative power of the one who takes our best efforts 
and magnifies them abundantly. Yes, let us remember that the good that we do for God's coming kingdom comes about through the transformative power of the one who even yet bids us to follow him. Amen.